So I sure am excited to tell you today's sermon title. Amen? Come on. Maybe you should. Today's sermon, we're checking this mic right now, is Spring Up, Oh Well. Spring Up, Oh Well. Amen? Amen. Are you with me? Do you got your Bibles ready? Get them out. Get them ready. Saints, we live in a spiritually dry generation dwelling in a parched land. Do we not? Yeah. Yeah. We live in a time of Christianity or with when Christianity has become Christianity without a cross. It has become a postmodern religion without a relationship. Can you agree with that? And many are satisfied with a heaven that has no Jesus in it. We don't call that prophetic. We call that pathetic. And a famine of faithlessness because of those things have emerged. In a kingdom of fatherless sons and daughters that have become rich in resource and bankrupt of power is the land that you get to live in today. Somebody say praise God. Praise God. Saints, time like, times like these has, have sent those who are called by God searching for something more. Because you know that you were called to more. Well, you're not. You were called to increase. You were called to inheritance. You were called to promise. And that is what the sons of God are fueled by. Amen. This morning we are confident that you know who you are. We've been working with you for a long time on that. So we want to remind you this morning of what you're called to do. Did you know you were called to do something Amen. with your salvation? Yes. Numbers 21:17 says, Then Israel sang this song. Spring up, O well. Sing about it. Don't talk about it, whisper about it. Sing about it. Spring up, O well. Sing about it. About the well that the princes dug, that the nobles of the people sank, and the nobles with scepters and staff they sank, but the princes dug them up. Today's message, saints, is spring up, O well. Galatians 4.28 says this, Now you, brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. Amen. That means you are fueled by, designed by, encouraged by promise. Do you got a promise today? Saints, you are children of promise. You are a promise, the inheritance of the kingdom. It is given to you by your father's good pleasure. But that kingdom is made up of a harvest of souls. It's not ethereal. It's not, ooh, that's a, I can't see that. No, I can see the kingdom because I see it in you. Psalm 2.8 says, ask of me and I will make the nation your inheritance, the end of the earth your possession. Saints, what is it that you expect as a promised child of God like Isaac? You should expect souls, an increase of souls in your life, an increase of people in your life. You should expect your life to reproduce other people who love Jesus and are becoming like him, just like you. Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of the uncompromisingly righteous is a tree of life. That's you. And he who is wise, like a mature, experienced builder, watch this, wins souls. Amen. 
He wins souls for God. Like a fisher of men, he gathers and receives them for eternity. Saints, you were called to spring up, become a well, and feed other souls. Church, we've been here since 2018. Who's been here for five years? Who's been here for four years? Three years? Two years? One year? Hey. See, we're beginning. Souls are beginning to trickle in. Yes. But are you excited and ready to multiply yourself? Yeah. Are you excited and ready to multiply yourself? Yes. Listen, in 2018, God spoke to our family and told us that he had sent us here to dig the wells of our fathers. We didn't have anything, nothing with us. I think we had one pod. We sold about everything just to get down here because God wanted you. He wanted you and he was digging a well so that others might drink from it. Who has benefited from drinking from the well of living waters in this place? I have too. But we're not just becoming a small well, we're beginning to become a pool. But today, we're going to challenge every single one of you. Like Isaac, we are called to dig the wells of revival in this city as Isaac dug the wells of his fathers. Are you ready to dig the wells this morning? We set out on a mission to this land to refresh those who had been here a very long time. And to revive those who had not tasted of fresh water for a very long time. Did you know that there's Christians in this land who do not have what you have? But not for long. But not for long. Although we're hiding here in Crumb, Texas, we're about to be unleashed back in the Denton. And we're not just going to go hide in a house and sing pretty songs, right? We're even taking step forwards. We're taking ground even on the Denton Square because we know what we have is special. It's in the empowerment of the Spirit. It's the, the Ruach HaKodesh. It's the living water which enables us to be a refreshment to those in need. Whose life, let me ask you again, has been changed by the glory of God? Was it life changing? Others must receive what you have now. Come on, church, according to last week's message, we live in a land where the bones are very dry. Say very. Very. But there, there is something rising in those bones. There's something in the bones. I tell you today that you and I have a responsibility, an aim, a lifelong commitment to see souls of the weary rise up in this dedication to our King, Yeshua. But how does one run without water? He can't. Some of you drink not very much water, by the way. And that would probably be me. But you can't do it without water. Hey, Kool-Aid's not water, by the way. There must be wells of revival for those to drink from. Amen? Genesis 26 is where we're going to turn this morning. Turn there. Genesis 26. This is the very passage that the Holy Spirit led us to and gave us as our first orders when we set out to this land. Say spring up when you're there. Now I want you to do a favor for me. If you've ever at any point lived in one of your pastors of Remnant Church's house, why don't you stand up with me for a minute? Interesting. 
we're serious about this. You can sit down. We're booking Airbnb stays at our house right now, by the way. <laughs> Especially Dad's house. We didn't come to this city, right, to be a spring and to be stopped up. Amen. We came to this city because we knew we were a spring and we opened up. Why? Because somebody in our life at some point came into our life and reopened our wells and caused us to understand the word that says that I am a spring and I have something to give. And so what did we do? We moved to this city and we opened our doors and you showed up because you were thirsty, because you were from a dry land. And the Lord has now given, quenched your thirst and given you something to drink. And now you have something else to give. Amen. It's time that you reopen your well. Amen. Genesis 26, 17 starts like this. So Isaac, Galatians just told us about him. What was he? He was a promised son. So Isaac moved away and he encamped in the valley of Gerar. And he settled there. Last week, a valley of dry bones. This week, a valley called Gerar. Come on. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in his time, the time of his father, Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died, and he gave them the same name his father had given them. Saints, we're going to walk through this passage for you because we know that you're not babies in the kingdom. You're full-grown men and women of God. Amen. So we're going to give you meat this morning. You want some meat this morning? Yeah. Amen. Because you're going to need what it has to give you in order to accomplish what God has called you to. Genesis 26, 17, saints is telling you about Isaac. You know Isaac is Abraham's promised son, right? Right? Unlike Abraham's son Ishmael, who was born out of disobedience, Isaac was supernaturally conceived and divinely imputed with a promise. Does that sound like somebody in here? Me. That promise had to do with so much more than the man, the plan, and the land, which also would come. That was the broad perspective. What Galatians 5 is telling us and teaching us this morning is that it was for freedom that Christ set you free. It was for freedom that Christ set you free. No longer are you a dead sea, a dormant water. You are now living waters. You have something to give because something's flowing through you. And that means that you're not just free to live for you, but to live, free to live for what pleases the Father. Is that in your heart this morning? Right? Have you come to a place in the kingdom finally where it's not all about you, but it's actually about the king? Amen. Then maybe you have heard the gospel. Saints, when you are obedient to the will of God, it unlocks the freedom and favor of the promise you already possess. Do you want to unlock that freedom? Yes. Amen. Okay. It's like somebody else. I'm not preaching to somebody else. I'm preaching to you. And the word is teaching you this morning. So let it receive, receive it as though it's for you this morning. Amen. Yeah. Come on, church, you were not born by the slave woman, but the free woman. Amen. This morning, you get to walk in a freedom that says, I am a son, and who the son sets free is free indeed. You can love Jesus, be saved by Jesus, be delivered by Jesus, 
but never do anything with what has been so graciously given to you. I know that that is not us today because we are so full of gratitude that God has implanted a promise in us. Isaac was a son given a promise that was um, partnered with clear direction. Like Isaac, God has called all of his sons into a journey, and this commission comes with clear directions from our Father. Yes, you can uh, throw all anxiety aside, all fear aside. I want you to take a deep breath. The Lord wants to give you clear direction. He's giving you clear direction. You're not aimless anymore. But every single one of you, God's speaking to you. This is the way. Walk in it. Yeah, that's right. Like Isaac, he was given clear direction. It is faith that causes our feet to move into God-given direction. And the moment, say the moment. Moment. Isaac received the call. He moved along in the intended purposes of God. How important is it as a church that we move the day that God speaks? During worship, the Lord had spoken through prophecy that he's calling those to stop doing it by themselves and and run and start doing it with one another. What are you going to do about that? Men like Isaac, men like Abraham, men like Noah, all these men were surrounded by others and they did not accomplish anything by themselves. Yeah. We're going to stick to today's message, and that is springing up wells of revival. But I tell you one thing, you'll never be able to do it by yourself. You were never intended to do it by yourself. And today, you need to return back to a place where you're relying on one another. Because where two or more are gathered, he is there also. Soon enough, within the land that God has planted you in, you begin to receive vision to see wells spring up again yeah keyword again yeah again don't be so prideful to think that this has never happened before yeah but it needs to happen again that's right genesis 26:17 Isaac moved away from a land in the valley of uh, from the land that God had to, uh, to move away from no don't enter into Egypt and move into a valley of Gerar yeah and he settled there yeah he did he settled there. Doesn't that sound nice? Doesn't that sound good? Right? I just want to settle down, right? Okay. Genesis 26, I mean, uh, yeah, Genesis 26, 1 says, Now there was a famine in the land, beside the earlier famine that Abraham in Abraham's time, and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. And the Lord appeared to Isaac there, and he said, Don't go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to. Stay in the land for a while, and I will be with you there, and I'll bless you there. Praise God. Verse 6 says this, and so Isaac, he dwelt in Gerar. Somebody say Gerar. Gerar. Says, let's be honest. It was a no-brainer that you left behind the old life that you did. Amen? True. It's a no-brainer that you left left behind the life that you did. When it began to produce for you more famine... Then it did anything good. More famine than fortune. And you're like, that's easy. Right? Take away all my sin. Take away all my wrongs, Lord. Thank you. And then he's like, want to do something for me? And you're like, no, no, it cost me something. But it was not like God wasn't with you when you left that old life, even though 
You thought it was just all about fortune and nothing else. Saints Isaac, like the scripture says, that you are just like was a child of promise. But he was a child of promise running away from famine and doing the best that he knew how, being led by the Lord. And look what God says to him in verse 2. Don't go to Egypt. In the chronological history, Egypt is not the place yet that has enslaved him, but God knew something that he did not. He knew what Egypt represented, represented even though the promised son at the moment didn't know what was rep it was representing. Anybody trust the Lord? You just need to listen to him. He knows better than you do. Yeah. Saints, Egypt in your Bible represents the world and its coronal provisions. Egypt in your Bible represents a place of slavery to familiarity. Yeah. Are you with me? Anybody like, like I'm from Louisiana, right? And the Lord did amazing things, brought me out of Sheol, all those things, right? But I'm, no, I'm not there any longer. So when I go back, I'm like excited for about two days because it's familiar. But then that familiarity starts to creep on me and something changes because that's not the will of the Lord for me anymore. And if I stay there, then it begins to kill me instead of bless me. So then I know my time limit is done and I move on and I thank the Lord for the time that I visit, but I don't dwell there. Egypt in your Bible represents a place of slavery to familiarity that you once knew but have been delivered from. Amen? God tells Isaac, don't go there. Verse 6 says, so Isaac settled in Gerar, a place that the Lord led him. Somebody ask me what Gerar, please. Please, please ask me, what's Gerar mean? Saints, Gerar means a place of lodging or a place of loading. Wow. A place of lodging and a place of loading. Saints, in your Bible, Gerar was a place that God led Abraham, the father, of our faith and Isaac, the promised son, into in order to equip them for what came next in their journey. Have you ever been there? Well, I hope you're sitting there today in a place that you've been led to to be equipped. This was a place of provision and also persecution. This was a place of opportunity, watch this, and also opposition. Anybody get some of that? How many of you have ever found yourself running from an avalanche of spiritual famine in the land and then have been led by God to a place like a lodge where you could not only take refuge but be equipped during the stay that you might go out at some point and rescue others from the current conditions? Have you ever had that happen in your life? Yeah, we call that the Acts 2 church. We call that the local body if it's a healthy local body. Saints, if you have not experienced that, you're welcome to stay here today. You're welcome to be part of this family if you haven't experienced that yet. Saints, Gerar is a place that every promised son and daughter of God will find themselves in when being led by the Lord to gear up and to grow up in order to go up and rescue devastated souls. That is what Gerar is, and many of you are living in that place. Somebody say, praise God for Gerar. Praise God for Gerar. You know, one of the things that I was seeing in Genesis 26 this morning is that there was a famine in a land. Yeah. Praise God for famines yeah. because it necessitates wells. Yeah. Praise God for famines because it necessitates wells. Some of us have to be stripped barren sometimes. Yeah. 
to start to thirst again for the waters yeah, that are living. Yeah. Praise God for famines. Genesis 26, verse 2. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while. And I will be with you and will bless you. When God says go, he will always provide to you what is needed. To be the blessing that he has intended you to be in the land where he is sending you. This land that Isaac is going into is what Isaac needs in order to receive direction that is next. And he says, stay for a while. Yeah. How impactful was it to the disciples that Jesus asked them, stay a while in yeah. Jerusalem before I send you out? Yes. Yeah. Imagine if they didn't stay a while. Imagine if they didn't heed the Lord's words and say, hey, I want to bestow on you something beautiful, something powerful that is going to cause you to be ready for ministry. I need you to stay a while, but if you wait on me, I will equip you for everything that you need. Yeah. It was vital, church. But it is clear that if they did not move, the disciples, move from Jerusalem after being equipped with the Holy Spirit, that too would also be vital. Yeah, that's true. It's a two-sided coin. Mm -hmm. You're called to wait and receive. But once you receive, you're supposed to go. That's right. It is vital to us that whenever you stay a while, that you receive the equipping that you need. That you cherish every moment, that you love discipleship, that you begin to grow what has been so graciously sowed into you. But it's also vital that you go and take it to somebody else. That's right. Yeah. We have a responsibility to settle down and settle into a season of intentional equipping. But there comes a time, well, if you're not careful, your settling will become sour to you. Yeah, that's true. Church, I'm not going to lie. That's probably at least half, half of us in this room this morning. Your settling might become sour to you. For those who have been here for five, four, three years. That's you. Might be. Gerar was amazing, but God never asked Isaac to permanently stay in Gerar. Just like he never intended for you to settle down and permanently remain in a season of getting equipped for the journey ahead. <laughs> Remember, friends, Jesus told the disciples to not even bring money for the journey. Yeah, that's right. It was God's purpose for those who love him to travel light because you were only intended to settle for a little while. Yeah. So that he might bless you and bless others abundantly. Yeah. yeah. We settle. And in the time of settlement, I want it to be a time of rest. God wants it to be a time of rest. But if we rest a little too long, we might miss out yeah. on what he's asked us to do. <laughs> Some of us misjudge or miscalculate the destination in our life. Mm -hmm. There's many times where we feel our work is done or we have arrived and our work is completed. Church, your work is not complete till the day Jesus Christ returns on this yeah. earth. That's right. There's yeah. a time of equipping. But there's never a time where you settle so much so that you begin to sour. Yeah, that's right. Isaac didn't do that. And we're going to get to that this morning. But I want to encourage you today. You are in a place like Gerar. Yeah. You are moving towards the purposes and direction in your life. But Remnant Church is not the end-all, be-all. Yeah, that's right. It is the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. It is your father's wells of revival being spread throughout the nations to yeah. the ends of the earth. 
It's not just Sunday mornings. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, this time was for Isaac. This time for Isaac was not sour because in the land God settled him in, if you look at it, he was still doing the work. Yeah, that's right. So what I'm saying is you can be equipped and you can be doing the work. That is actually the best way to get equipped. Yeah. And this, would, this work would leave deep impact in the land that God had settled Isaac in. Church, it has to be a pattern in our life that anywhere we are resting our head, other people are finding that same rest in Christ. Yes, right. Even if we're in a time of settlement, that does not mean that your lack of impact stops. It only grows. This is a time where we're building momentum. God told Isaac to dwell there for only a while. And within this place of settlement, great things will be accomplished. Do you believe great things can be accomplished through you? Yes. Genesis 26, 17 says, So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. And Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug by, in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines, the enemy, had stopped up after Abraham died, and he gave them the same names that his father had given him. Listen to us this morning. It's not hard to see us, son of promise. Amen. You can actually see a son of promise. You don't have to ask them. Are you a son of promise? You can see it on their lives, saints. Yes. Every son that has been given a promise from God will work the soil that he has been given. He will dig at every single destination he's at. Amen. That means if you're in a time of equipping, you're not equipped for four years and then you go out. That's called a, that, that's called a coronal degree. right? The world does that. No, the equipping comes in the obedience, and when you're obedient to dig, it equips you for what comes. Amen. You don't have to wait for qualification. You are called, so you're qualified. Isaac understood that he was no, no longer, watch this, where he once was in life, but he also understood that he was not where he was going. Are you with me? Is that you? Are you not where you once were? Are you also not where you're going? Do you get that sense in your spirit, man? Yeah, he was in Gerar. Somewhere between where he was and where the Lord was leading him. Can you relate? Saints, you are a promised son like Isaac. So what do you do when you find yourself in Gerar? You dig wells. Amen. You dig wells. Christopher, let me ask you something. How many personal global relations Global relational connections do you have? I would say you had hundreds. I have met so many people from somewhere else. Well, it's time to give the same effort in Gerar. It's time to reopen the wells here. That that means by this time next year, the same amount of relational kingdom connections that you have elsewhere should at least equal the relational kingdom relationships that you have here. Amen. Do you all understand that, saints? And that's true for every single one of us. How many of you have more personal relational connections where you came from than where you currently live? It's time that you give that same effort in Gerar time. It's time to reopen the wells. That's a good word. Genesis 26, verse 18. Isaac reopened the wells that he dug in the time of his father Abraham. With the Philistines 
had stopped up after Abraham died, and he gave them the same names his father had given them. Church, I am a promised son. Amen. I am like Isaac in two ways. Galatians says that I've been called to inherit a nation of souls just like you. Yeah. I am responsible for picking up where my father left off. I do not need to reinvent the wheel or boast in some sort of ego that I may try to hang on to. I do not need to find a new way to appease my insecurities. Yeah. There are damned up wells, and I have a responsibility of digging them up yeah. so that others might drink from them. Yeah. When our younger generation takes the prayers of our fathers and puts them into practice, we honor our father's dreams. When our young generation puts into practice the things taught to us and not just admire them, we honor our fathers and we will see revival. Amen. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug because he knew the value of that wellspring. Come on. Saints Pastor Devin said that in 2018, the Holy Spirit directed us to reopen the wells of revival in this city. Amen? That's us. That's not us. That's us. The Holy Spirit led us to Genesis 26, 18 that told us that we were going to redig wells of revival. That meant that we were called to do what had been done before. That means things like this have happened in the past, and therefore God is now bringing us in as fresh legs. In John 4, Jesus comes to a Samaritan woman at a well, and he begins to attract attention with his scandalous interactions. At, at least that's what the religious said, not the father. And at the end of the conversation, he says this in verse 34. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of the one who sent me, watch this, and to finish the work. Do not say four more months into the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for the harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages and even now the harvest. He harvests the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper might be happy together. We Amen. call that a commission. Thus the saying, one sows and another reap, is true. I sent you to reap what you did not work for. You know what that means? You're a manifestation of somebody else's prayers. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of the labor. Saints, when you feel your flesh whining and crying of the difficulty of the calling of the kingdom, just know that you're fresh legs of somebody who's done it their entire life. For generation and generation and generation, they wept and they prayed and they called on the name of the Lord for a revival, and now they're sleeping in the ground and they're alive with Christ and they're waiting for you to stand up and do what they prayed for. I want to share a very brief testimony. When we were doing uh, the Frisco revival, you remember that? Um, there was a tent revival, and we met some older uh, ladies there, prayer warriors. Yeah. Pray is probably harder than most of you men in here. Come on. They came up to us, and they saw at the time that we had a shirt that said remnant of men on it. And for the last 20 years, these women were meeting. What was that? Yeah. 20 years, these women had been meeting in Denton, praying for a remnant of men. Yeah. 
I just want to make that real and testify to God's work that every single one of your legs, God will want to use for his kingdom. That's right. And you are an answered prayer in this place. That's right. God loves you. God cherishes you. And so much so that we get to work for him. Yeah. It's not that our works save us. We get yeah. to do something. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Saints, many precious saints have given their lives to see a move of God in this city. In John 4, 34, he shows us it is the humble who hang around wells that will be first in line for refreshing. In Matthew 5, we're going to see that Jesus says it is the hungry that are in perfect position for a revolution of holy living. Matthew 5, 3, he said this, blessed are the poor in spirit. That means you understand that in spirit you have a spiritual poverty that without Christ you will you will not have any wealth other than your own when you know that you are totally depleted. Without him you have a poverty of spirit and you're in great need. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the entire earth. Somebody's taught you Right? All you got to do is hang on to heaven. Saints, if you get there, you're coming right back down. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will show, be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the shalom makers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, which just so happens to be coming down. Saints, many men have wept, many men have cried, many men have bled that the Lamb of God might have the reward of his suffering in Denton, Texas. And between the statements of Jesus in John 4 and his kingdom manifesto in Matthew 5, he has made it perfectly clear. You listen to me this morning. It is the humble that will be refreshed and the hungry that will be revived. Do you believe that, saints? Yes. Saints, do you believe that? Yes. Then it is you that were brought to this land not to settle but to be equipped to re Dig those wells. Somebody say, spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. We're about to read verse 19. And some of you be, would be considering, okay, pastors, you do that very well. You dig wells so well. I've drank from them for so long, and it's so refreshing. Thank you. But verse 19 says, Isaac's servants dug in the valley. And discovered a well of fresh water there. Okay. Hey, y'all aren't our servants. Y'all are brothers. Sons. Sons. But Isaac's servants were digging the well. What this is saying is it wasn't all Isaac's work. It was our work to dig wells. That's right. Did Isaac dig the wells or did those who serve the vision dig the wells? (laughs) The servants. This is one vision, one house, one calling. One command from the King of Glory that he has given us. And we've done everything that we possibly could to include you and invite you into that. But if we don't stand together, we stand divided. Today, we're going to stand together. Isaac's servants dug the well in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. 
Church, the only way that we accomplish what God has asked of us now is to do it together. Together. Abraham had a promise, but so did Isaac. Yeah. My father has been given a promise, but so do I. I've been given a promise, but so have you. Yeah. He is responsible for responding to his, but I'm responsible for responding to mine, and you are responsible for responding to yours. Yeah. I've not been raised to ride the coattails of the generation that raised me. I've been raised to exceed them. That's right. This is how fresh water is brought to the surface, by the way. <laughs> if you want fresh water, you're going to have to dig really deep. Yeah. But praise God, we can take turns. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> this is how that generation is honored, by the way. Yeah. Fresh water is a river that is found underneath the ground that you have to dig down deep to find. It's not a lake, it's a river. Yeah, and we right. must tap into that which flows freely. Yeah. We who have been called must find where it is and reopen them. On a practical sense, we now live to see where did water once reside and how will I help redig that well. Yeah. Church, I want to tell you, practically speaking, there's many wells that need to be redug in Denton, Texas. Yeah. There's many places that just need men and women like you who have the strength to pick up the shovel and start digging. Yeah. And it takes prophetic vision, but I promise you, every single one of you are receiving it today. Yeah. Let's turn to John 7, verse 37. Mm, okay. As we think about springing up wells. Somebody say, spring up a well. Spring up a well. There you go. Amen. John 7, verse 37 says, On that day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Yeah. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him will receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, but Jesus was not yet glorified. Church, in all this, we want to nail the fact that you have in you springs of living water. But we cannot become a well without you. We must do it together, and that itself becomes a well. Those who join together to do their Father's work will spring forth living water yeah. and some out there have the potential they just need to be empowered out of his heart will flow rivers of living water that means that's not a get together and pray for rain right i've been in too many prayer meetings that people pray for rain but they got this umbrella like no if you're going to pray for rain toss your umbrella and many people call from, for heaven from, for what has already been installed from within. Saints, what you have is inside of you, and it's supposed to come out of you. It flows from within. What does a spring look like? Brother Herman stood up and he prayed over his family. 
What if he didn't wait for a Sunday to do that? What if that was a normal action in his life every day? What if before he even got his coffee in the morning that he stood in the middle of his living room and he prayed and prophesied over his family just like he did that this morning? Amen. What if that was normal culture in his home? What if every man in this place did that? They stood up in their, over their families and in their homes and they, they let that spring spring up. What do you think? You think your wife would be like, stop that. That's terrible. They'd be like, thank you. Your children would be like, oh, that's what. No, get some. Get some on you. Right? Spring up. What if we actually spoke prophetic speech in our house, over our house, daily? What if, parents, you laid hands on your kids every day and you expected them to move in the gifts of the Spirit? expected them to see what the Lord sees and hear the Lord. Samuel was about eight years old when he was snuggled up against the Ark of the Covenant and he could hear God. Have you put some type of limit? Have you put a cap over the well that somebody else has to come and reopen? Saints, says Jesus, was Jesus the promised son? Yes. Yes. Has he been glorified? Yes then what has been promised is not something that you or this lost world has to wait on any longer. Amen. What are you waiting on? But today there are so many men and women who have, been, who have given up because they are taught that serving God would be easy. Today there are so many men and women that have settled in Gerar somewhere between where they were and where God was sending them because they did not expect opposition. It's true. Saints, do you, under, do you understand that difficulty, hardship, and opposition is the way of the kingdom? Yep. Acts 14, 21 says this, And then they preached the good news in the city and one large number of disciples. Not converts, disciples. And then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain, remain true to the faith, and said, We must, somebody say must, must. we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom. Wow. Saints, when you are in a valley of dry bones, when you are, when you live in a dark, dry desert, like spiritually famine plagued like land, fresh water from a deep well is more valuable than gold. I have a well on my property. I think it's tapping into a lake, not a river, because every now and then we get some stuff in our water. And lakes can become polluted. So I would prefer that it tapped into a river that continues to flow that has no opportunity for things to become stagnant. Is that what you want? What if you were in a desert land, like, like midsummer around here, what if you were a desert land and you came across mirage after mirage and mirage after mirage, would you become a little bit discouraged over time? And then what if one day, just one day, I mean finally, it wasn't a mirage, it was actually a real thing, it was a spring-fed well that somebody put there a long time ago, would you find that valuable? Would you be willing to dig it up? Yes. And do you think that something so, so valuable would come without opposition? <laughs> oh, no, it wouldn't. And guess what? This is the place the Holy Spirit leads you through and to. 
Church, don't be discouraged. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. We get to. Let's look at verse 20 together. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen and said, This water is ours. So he named the well Isaac because they disputed with him. Isaac means contention. Anybody got some of that? Verse 21, they dug another well, but they quarreled over that one also. So he named it Sitna. Sitna, Sitna means accusation. Anybody have a little bit of that? Verse 22, he moved on from there and dug another well, and no one quarreled over it. He named it Rehoboth, saying, now the Lord has given us room, and we will flourish in the land. Rehoboth means wide open places or places to flourish. Have you been there? From there, they went up to Beersheba. Beersheba means completed promise or seven wells of seven oaths. Completed promise. Church, digging the wells of our fathers is not easy, but it is worth it because you are the reward. Amen. How do you know that you are not wasting time? Because for some reason you keep hitting water every time you dig. <laughs> yeah, no matter on. the opposition of man. Come on. Saints, listen to me. Because we're about to turn this thing, give you a revelation. We came here this morning to fan in the flame the gifts of God that you have, but also to feed you. And we're going to leave this place till we do both. Every path to the promise leads, leaves behind reopened wells. And leaves you more like the promised son than when you first began. The revelation that you're about to get from these sons are sons who have opened, reopened wells, drank from them, and what has fed us from them is causing us to give you this message today. Genesis 26, 20 through 23, watch this, is the path of every promised son. And we're about to show you that. Church, we just read off four different definitions for you. Contention, accusation, Rehoboth meaning a place to flourish, and Beersheba, a completed promise. The first thing we will walk into whenever we go to redig wells is contention. Yes. Every son of promise must enter into contention. Philippians 1 verse 27 says, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a matter worth, worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit. Amen? Contending as one man for the faith of the gospel. Yeah. Without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them. Yeah. Come on, this is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but you will be saved. And that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. Come on. Church, we fight to see the wells of revival spring forth in this land. Yes. Because a church revived will accomplish the purposes of their father. Think about this. If we just had a church that was revived, yeah. then they would go 
and accomplish all that the Father intended for them. But sometimes there's a little bit of contention. But hey, do you like to fight? We, we contend for that which God contends for. Because of this, there will be wellsprings of life in this land. Somebody say, spring up a well. Saints, do you know what contention leads to? It often leads to accusation. Every son will experience accusation. Revelation 12.10 says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now has come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is no longer in the heavens. He's here on the earth. Who accuses them before our God day and night, night and day. He no longer does that in the heavens. He now does that right here. He has been hurled down to the earth. Then they overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much as to shrink back from death. Man, you would say, Jesus, I wish you would just eliminate that dude. And no, no, no. He says, I'm going to put him closer to you. Because it's going to cause you to be sifted and you'll become more like me. And then you're going to see that is now you, now me is now living in you and not only can I do those things and overcome the devil, you can too. Amen. And how's it? How, how, when do you find yourself right there face to face with the devil? When you're being accused. Isaiah 54, 16 says, See, it is I who created the blacksmith who fans the coals into flame and forges a weapon fit for its work. And it is I who created the destroyer to work havoc. No weapon formed against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is the vindication from me, says the Lord Almighty. Wow. What do you think your inheritance was? Oh, it was pure, unadulterated power to overcome death, hell, and the grave. Matthew 5.11 says, blessed are those, blessed are you when people insult you. How many of you love to be insulted? No. When they persecute you, when they falsely say all kinds of things against you and because of me. If you've been part of remnant since the beginning, you've already experienced that. Because where there is friction, where the gospel is preached, there is friction. And where there's friction, there's fire. But hey, where there's fire, there's movement. Amen. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets. Before you, they're going to do that to you also. Saints, reopening wells will provoke accusation, but it will also free you from the approval of men. Amen. Colossians 2.13 says that you, when you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with him, having forgiven you all of your trespasses. Watch this. And he canceled. He canceled. He canceled the record of debt that stood against you. Amen. There's no longer any accusation against you in the heaven. There's only one who intercedes for you. So if you're not accused by the father, why do you let yourself be accused by men? That is what wears out the saints. And he disarmed the rulers. And he disarmed the authorities. And he put them to open shame. 
triumphing over them by a cross. Saints, you need to walk in that today. You need a little Holy Ghost attitude in this place today. Somebody needs to get some Holy Ghost indignation in this place and not be happy with stopped up wells, but be a little ticked off for Jesus because they're not flowing. Somebody, somebody needs to get a little pissed off in this place to get moving. Somebody needs to be offended by this pastor so that you don't stay dead and dormant anymore. Oh, that pastor cussing in church. Please, you cuss in your house. <laughs> At least I do what I do in public. Saints, being immersed, being immersed in the criticism of men is the only way to free you from their approval. And approval of men is bondage. And God came to break every chain. Saints, when you work for God because of God, you are approved by God, and that will bring freedom. Somebody say, spring up a well. Spring up a well. Church, you have been given eyes to see. You see what others can't see. And when others see a desert, you see a place to flourish. Because you see deeper than they see. Church, you know that if a few wells get opened up, then communities start to spring forth. Just one. <laughs> Did you know that the day that there's water in a desert, it's no longer a desert anymore? Yeah. All you had to do was dig a little deep for it. Yeah. Are you ready to dig a little deep for it? <laughs> Psalms 92 verse 12 says, The righteous will flourish Come like on. a palm tree. Come on. They will Promise. grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. Come on. They will flourish, say flourish, flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in their old age. Amen. Amen. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. Yeah. Church, what is needed for plants to spring forth? Yeah. Chuck could tell you any day. Come on. Is water and light. Yes. You have both of those. Yes. The land that you have been placed in, is that the land that you've been placed in will be a land where others experience water and life. Come on. This isn't a desert wasteland. This is a place of flourishing. Yes. And it's because there's sons and daughters, sons and daughters of God who live in it. Yes. Isaiah 35, verse 7. The burning sand will become a pool. Yes. The thirsty ground, bubbling springs, and the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds, and pampers will grow. Yes. And a highway will be there. It will yes. be called the highway of holiness. The unclean will not journey on it. It will be for those who walk in that way. Yes. Wicked fools will not go about on it. Yes. Lions will be there. Yes. No lions will be there, nor will any beast get up on it. Yes. They will not be found there. But only the redeemed will walk there and the ransomed of the Lord will return. They will enter Zion with singing. What will they be singing? Yeah. Spring up, Spring oh up well, well, according to numbers. Come on. Every lasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee them. That's a good promise. Quickly, quickly what was dead and dormant will become a pool for many to drink yeah. from. Yeah. Come on, the, we've been uh, studying it, and our brothers have been preaching it down at LCM. In 30 years, 
And the book, the church of Acts conquered a whole land. Quickly, this place will become pools of living water. This becomes like a highway of holiness for those who are lost to find and it be a sign to the far off that there is a God who longs to give them a drink so that they will be thirsty no more. Come on, our Father longs for those who are thirsty to drink of Him. Yes. He desires every single one of them. Are these wells going to be hidden any longer or are we going to go out and redig our Father's wells? This should not be a rare thing. What we do should not and will not be a rare thing yes. for the lost. It will be easy to find like a highway yeah. of holiness. Come on. Somebody say, spring up a well. Spring up a well. Saints, if you have ever been at a place, traveling along the journey with Jesus, and come to a place of contention, that is normal Christian life. If it has caused you and brought you to a place of accusation, that is normal Christian life. But you need to know something. That isn't an everyday Christian life. Because what comes next because of these things is a breakthrough into wide open places where you can flourish. Amen. Because the righteous will be trees planted by a river that have something to give. And that means that you're going, you have to be brought to a place, planted and rooted in a soil, that you can grow up from a seed into a tree and then produce fruit to give. You know what that's called? That's called the Isaiah promise. Amen. And it brings you to a place called the completed promise. Do you know that Jesus actually plans to finish what he started? Saints, every son must travel the narrow road less traveled to bring him to a place most are designed to go. Contention and accusation are the necessary roughness that brings you to breakthrough. Amen. In order to become, be brought to wide open places where you can flourish and become, watch this, completely whole. Yeah. You have poor teaching and bad doctrine if you think that you can't be completely whole until you get to heaven. Yeah. Eternal life is now and to know him, Jesus says in John. And the fullness of Christ has been given to you, Colossians says, and you can be made whole. That means healthy. That, you think the bride of Christ needs to become healthy today? There's a little bit of issue? Yes. You can become whole. Amen. Saints, people who have been made whole, we call those, your Bible calls those, springs of life. Amen. Philippians 1.3 says, I thank my God every time I remember you. Man, Paul's there is cured from his individuality. You know what that makes him? Healthy. And in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Anybody need a little joy in the house of God? Because of your partnership in the gospel from the day until now, being confident in this, that he who began a work in you will carry it through to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. Isaiah 55 says that you're a word of promise from heaven. In verse 10, he says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without first watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I, which I sent it. 
He says, I'm going to do it. Amen. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hill will burst into song before you, and hopefully you do too. And all the trees of the field, they're going to clap their hands. Saints, don't let the trees out worship you. Hello? Isaiah 55, 13 said it like this. Instead of the thorn bush will grow a pine tree, and instead of briars a myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown for an everlasting sign, which will not be destroyed. Saints, the reason that I know the Bible tells me that I can become whole is because I need to be a whole sign for those who are not. And my God is able, and he, he will have his way. Do you need to be whole in this place today? Yes. Then spring up during contention. Spring up, oh well, during accusation. Spring up when there's a wide open place for you to flourish. Spring up when you finally come to that place called the completed promise. Spring up, oh well. Amen. Saints, every son is a son of promise, amen? Living in the promise, with a promise, because of the promise. This is the path that every son must travel so that he will not only reopen wells, watch this, but he himself becomes a well. Revelation this morning. You are not just those who come to drink from a well. The well that you drink from becomes the well itself welling up inside of you so that you might be a well for someone else. Amen. Here's a revelation this morning. Are you ready as we wind this down? We love that Isaac was led through Gerar, but the spirit never allowed him to settle there. That place between where he came from and where God was bringing him was not meant for him to settle. Notice that each time a well springs up, it's one more step closer to the completed promise. Don't quit. Amen. God sent you to Gerar to equip you with the faith that is tested and approved. Isn't it good when somebody shows up to you and transfers information that's good information? You're like, thank you. But isn't it better when somebody gives you something that they've lived out? Yeah, it's time that you stop listening to all your YouTube people that you don't know their lives. And it's time that you get close to men of God so that you can see them walk it out before they talk it out. Come on. Saints, we call that testimonies. Isaac started with a promise he heard from his father, but now he has a testimony of his own. And that's what you need to get. You hear, you hear the word of God from this place right here. But you need to get your own. He started with a promise, but now he has got a revelation of his own. Something happens, watch this, to a man when he reopens wells. The enemy runs him off. He reopens wells again. The enemy runs him off. He reopens wells again. And then he drinks from that well. Mm. You know what happens to the man? He comes to the conclusion that wherever he goes, God is going to use him. To reopen somebody else's wells. Could you imagine Isaac? He could get bitter because he keeps reopening wells. But he doesn't get to drink from it himself. And he, keep, he could get bitter from accusation. And he could get frustrated from contention. Or he can get a revelation from God and go, oh, I know. Wait a minute. I wasn't called to reopen my own wells. I was called to reopen somebody else's well. 
Saints, you may get to drink from the well, but you are here to reopen somebody else as well. Genesis 26, verse 24. That night the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Yeah. I will bless you and will increase the numbers of your descendants for the sake of my servant yeah. Abraham. Yeah. I'm going to fulfill my promise to you and through your children. Yeah. Acts 2, verse 15 says, These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Got to watch out for Landon, though. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's the least. Now, now this is what we, was spirit, spoken by the, the prophet spirit. Joel. Joel 2, verse 28 says, And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Yeah. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. On my servants, I will pour out my spirit and expect them to pour out what's been poured on them. Amen. Genesis 26, 25, and say, it says that Isaac, he did a little something when he came to that place of the completed promise. He built an altar there. He called on the name of the Lord there. He pitched a tent there. And there, his servants dug wells. Saints, we have laid our altar. We have called on the name of the Lord. We have even pitched a tent in Denton, Texas. And now it's time for you to reopen the wells and sing. Thank you. Spring up a well. Somebody say spring up a well. All this contention, all this fighting, all this hardship, what does it lead to? Yeah. This, this story isn't finished. Verse 26 says, Meanwhile, Abimelech had come to him from Gerar. Isaac asked them, Why have you come to me since you were hostile to me and sent me away? They answered, We saw clearly that the Lord was with you. Come on, Come on. we saw clearly Come that on. the Lord was with you. Come on. Church, this is the goal. That's it. They see what you have been given. Yeah. A supernatural favor with God. Could you imagine if Isaac were to just quit? He wouldn't have won over the hearts of these people. Yeah. That devastates hopelessness. It does. That confuses the wise. It's true. And that shines light in the darkness. Church, it's time to spring up, O Wells. Come on. Did you hear that? The very opposition that caused contention and accusation also was the catalyst to keep Isaac moving. And when Isaac moved on, they came to him and said, we now see that the Lord is with you. Amen. Saints, verse 32 says, that day Isaac's servants came and told him about the well that had been dug, and they said, we, finally, we, we have found fresh water that we can drink from. And he called it Sheba, and to this day, the name of that town is Beersheba. Wow. 
seven oaths, completed promises. We have found the well. What are they saying? And this is the last little nugget you're going to get today. Reopening wells for other people is the only thing that satisfies the thirst of the promised sons. Are you dry, dead, and dormant? It's because you've been opening your own well. You were called to reopen other people's well. Yes. And when your life is about reviving or reopening the wells of your fathers, you are reopening an opportunity for somebody else to feed from your spring. Amen. Saints, no matter, no man can sit in a valley of decision without drying up and dying. Every son must make his choice. Are you going to settle in a place that God led you to equip you? Or are you going to get out and do something with what has been given to you in Gerar? Isaac didn't stay in Gerar and God made sure he would not. Isaac wasn't even frustrated in famine. He was faithful with the position it put him in. The opposition wasn't just to goad him. It was to grow him and to cause them to be a people that knew what their jobs were. Do you know what you're called to do today, saints? You are called to reopen the wells of your fathers. Amen. Stand with us as they read these last scriptures over you. John 4 verse 11 says, Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is too deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and their herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will never be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Instead, the water I give them will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Galatians 4.28, now you brothers, just like Isaac, are sons fueled by a promise. Joel told us, John 4 tells us, that promise is the empowering and infilling of the Holy Spirit that wells up within you like a spring of living water that empowers you to become the well that you drink from numbers 21 verse 17 then god's people sang this song spring up a well spring up sing about it sing about it lord god we're gonna be a people lord who cry out lord god for the wells to spring forth in this yeah. land Lord, I'm asking, Lord God, that you, Lord, begin to dig deeply in our hearts, Lord yes. God, so that we might be able to dig deeply in others. Yeah. Lord God, I'm proclaiming today be a day of revival, Lord God. Yeah. Lord, that you revive the saints to complete the work that you've set out for us yes, to do. God. Lord, we give thanks to you, Lord God, that you refresh our souls, Lord God. Lord, that this, this life in Christ is not a life of weariness. Yeah. Lord, though we are in contention, Lord, we are winning yeah. by your spirit, Lord. Yes, we are God. winning by the name yes, of your son. Lord. We are winning, Lord God, yeah. because we don't do it alone. Yes, and God. we are winning because you are setting up yes. a family in this place. 
Lord, we're not afraid of the enemy. We're not afraid of accusation. We're not afraid of any accusing, Lord God. For we know the man that we stand with, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Lord God, you are beautiful in our lives. Lord, so today I'm asking that your, Lord, men and women go out in power. Lord, that you begin to give us divine insight, Lord, to show us where those wells are that need to be undone. (laughs) So that they might know you, that they might drink, Lord, and that this land that seemingly feels like a desert wasteland, Lord, if there were just a few wells, would become a land of flourishing. Lord, we say today we will flourish in you. Today we will flourish in your presence. And today we will flourish yes. in the fellowship of your people. Yes, Lord. Lord, we thank you. We love you. And love it's in you. your name we pray. Yes. Amen. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hug on somebody, saints.